Welcome to our podcast, our worship service remote for Plains United Methodist Church of Plains and for First United Methodist Church of West Pittston, Pennsylvania. Our scripture readings for this morning, and there'll be three of them, so that you can look them up if you want to, to refer to them later, will be Matthew three thirteen through 17, Matthew 26, 26 through 28, and Acts 2, 37 through 39, and then verses 46 through 47. I am Reverend Tenny Hutchinson Rupnick, and my email address is tenhutrup at gmail.com. That's T-E-N-H-U-T-R-U-P at gmail.com. Please send me any prayer requests you have, and let me know if they are private in nature, and I'll keep them quiet. Or if it's okay to share them, and then I'll go ahead and share them on the next week's podcast so that our church family can be praying for you. Our prayer requests for our charge, for the two churches of our charge for this week, are for Clyde Dukes, for Mrs. Dorothy Tippins, for Beverly Copeland, for folks in our church family who are privately dealing with health challenges, for Rebecca who is fighting cancer, Little Nate Gray, who is fighting cancer. Sue and Ty Williams. For a baby named Boston, who was born prematurely. For all our healthcare workers and first responders. For all our governmental and civic leaders. The 14th Sunday after Pentecost, September 6th, 2020. Our gathering music for this morning, our first hymn, will be number 393 in the hymnal. Spirit of the Living God. I'll be singing through it twice. Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Our gathering meditation for this morning is taken from the book of Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Owe now no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Our call to worship this morning is taken from Psalm 119. Teach us, O Lord, your will and your ways, 
and we will observe them to the end. Give us understanding. Lead us along the path of your commandments. Turn our hearts to your decrees, O Lord. Confirm your servants to your promise. Teach us, O Lord, your will and your ways, and we will observe them to the end. Amen. Our prayer of invocation. Blessed Lord, you are the King of heaven and earth. We come before you in fellowship today in honor of you and in hope for you. Allow us to feel your presence as we continue today's time of worship. Grant that we feel your great power and light. Let us encounter you in a new way and bless us with your grace and peace. May we find everlasting joy through you, our God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our second hymn this morning is number 267 in the hymnal and is entitled, O Love, How Deep. I'll be reading it. O love, how deep, how broad, how high. It fills the heart with ecstasy. The God, the Son of God, should take our mortal form for our mortal sake. For us baptized, for us he bore his holy fast and hungered sore. For us temptation sharp he knew, for us the tempter overthrew. For us he prayed, for us he taught. For us his daily works he wrought, by words and signs and actions thus, still seeking not himself but us. For us to evil power betrayed, scourged, mocked, in purple robe arrayed, he bore the shameful cross and death, for us he gave up his dying breath. For us he rose from death again, for us he went on high to reign, for us he sent his spirit here to guide, to strengthen, and to cheer. All glory to our Lord and God, for love so deep, so high, so broad, the Trinity whom we adore, forever and forevermore. Let us join together now in our confession of faith as we recite the Apostles' Creed together. Let us say what we believe, and believe what we say. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. And now is time for our children's message for this morning. Good morning, kids. I have a question. Have you ever had a friend or a family member visit your home? Yeah, most of us have had people visit our home before. What were some of the ways you and your family welcomed that friend or family member into your home? What were some things that you did ahead of time or, or once the person arrived to make the guest or person feel at home? Maybe you cleaned up ahead of time, like your room or the kitchen or something. 
Maybe you gave them something to eat or drink when they arrived. Or you were extra polite or paid extra attention to them once they were there. And why is it, do you think, that we do special things to make someone feel at home? Maybe it's because we like them and want them to know it. Because we want them to come back. Or because for special occasions and special people, you do special things. Listen now while I read a story from the Bible to you. It's from the Gospel book or Good News book of Matthew. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the river Jordan to be baptized by John. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. At that moment, the heaven was opened and he saw a spirit of God descending or coming down like a dove and landing upon him. A voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. In today's scripture story, we hear about a different kind of guest being welcomed in. We did, even though it may not seem like it. We heard about a guest being welcomed, but instead of having a guest over to his house, Jesus welcomes God's Holy Spirit into his life and into himself. There was a specific way that Jesus prepared for and welcomed the Holy Spirit in today's story. Did you happen to notice what it was that Jesus did right before the Spirit descended or came down like a dove and showed up? That's right. Jesus chose to be baptized. To be baptized, John and Jesus stood in the Jordan River, and then John dunked Jesus in a gentle way into the water. Then, once God's Holy Spirit was welcomed by Jesus, Jesus and the Holy Spirit went and did amazing things together. The good news is that all of Jesus' disciples can welcome God's Holy Spirit into their hearts and lives just the way Jesus did, and we are God's disciples as Christians. Special things we can do to prepare to welcome God's Holy Spirit into our hearts and lives are things like praying, worshiping, eating the bread and drinking the juice for Holy Communion, being baptized like he was, and there are other ways reading scripture, and things like that. Perhaps you can think of some ways, some things that you would like to do for the Holy Spirit, ways and things that you can do to invite the Spirit into your heart and life and to make it feel welcome. Let's pray. Dearest Lord, help us to welcome your Holy Spirit into our lives, just like Jesus did. And all God's children say, Amen. Our prayer for illumination. Gracious God, give us humble, teachable, and obedient hearts that we may receive what you have revealed and do what you have commanded. Since we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth, make us hunger for this heavenly food, that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. There are two gospel readings for this morning, both from the book of Matthew. The first from chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, and the second from chapter 26, verses 26 through 28. The first is about Jesus' baptism, and the second about the Last Supper, Holy Communion. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, 
I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Our New Testament reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 2 verses 37 through 39, and then skipping forward to verses 46 through 47. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our message for this morning is entitled, Watery Eyes. A couple months back, I shared with you all in the sermon for that Sunday about how I love to play with Barbie dolls as a little girl. I talked specifically about how I love to brush and style my Barbie's hair. Now, I am aware that the topic of Barbie dolls and hair brushing likely didn't resonate with some of you all out there, and at the risk of stereotyping, it probably and especially didn't resonate with many of the men who were listening. I was aware as I wrote about it that it was a topic with which some of you didn't really have any real experience. Well, today I'm going to mention another little girl thing that I loved to do when I was a little girl. And this one is pretty girly as well, so I doubt there's a single guy out there who has ever done it, It's also just plain dorky and strange in general, so I doubt there's even any other ladies out there who have done it. But that's okay. My friends and I were happy little kids, and to us, it was fun. So, in the summer, in Wisconsin, when my friends and I were invited invited to a birthday party where there was a pool, or when we were all at the local county park where there was a pool, we'd play this silly game. I hate to even call it a game. I'm not sure what it was exactly. We played a silly something, which we called Underwater Tea Party. Now, before I go any further, I'd just like to point out how how dumb all the names to our games were. How silly. My friends and I and my cousins and I were especially good at that, picking out lame names for our games. If we were playing that we worked in an office, for example, we called the game Office. 
If we were playing that we were teachers and students, we were playing school. My favorite cousin sometimes wanted to play lawyer, for which he carried around a beat-up old briefcase, acted all important and bossy, and shuffled blank papers around on kitchen counter or tabletop. So anyway, back to underwater tea party. What underwater tea party was, was us girls at seven and eight and nine years of age, sitting cross-legged on the bottom of the pool, under the water, and pantomiming, you know, motioning underwater that we were drinking tea. Yeah, we sat on the bottom of the pool, under the water, and faced each other in a circle or whatever, and cocked our pinky fingers and tipped our imaginary teacups. We pretended to have polite conversation and a cup of tea in some English parlor while our hair floated all about us in the water and bubbles rose from mouth and nose. Silly? Yes. But fun for us. And not anywhere as easy as it sounds. For one thing, it is not a simple thing to sit cross-legged on the bottom of a pool. Those of us who were good at it knew you had to blow out all your breath in order to sink down to the bottom and to stay at the bottom properly. And so that meant we were already short on air at the outset, which made holding our breath even harder. And with the breath holding and the leg crossing, you tried not to buoy up and float about as you kept your eyes open and tried to act out with the others that you were just a genteel lady sipping a cup of tea with all of your genteel friends. Our game was also complicated and frustrated by the fact that boys would always try to cannonball into and disrupt our tea party, which at that age was more infuriating than fun. In a couple years, we might have appreciated the male attention, but not quite then, not quite yet. So there we were, sitting at the bottom of the pool in the cool water on a hot day in summer, and I remember how everything looked and and felt and seemed so different through my watery eyes. I can put myself back there now in my mind and remember the way the sunlight painted the bottom of the pool and my friends' faces with ripples of wavy light. I recall how everything was a little more flowing and softer, that it looked and felt and and was that way. The other girls' expressions and the patterns on their bathing suits, my feelings and our friendships and summer in general, And I especially remember how the cacophony, the raucous noises of all those other swimming and yelling and screeching kids, and of the local rock station piped in over the intercom, how all that racket was hushed, how it was all suddenly muted, to just a distant suggestion of noise as we sunk under and sat and sipped. At first UMC, we have a baptism today. I might even be in the midst of baptizing little Briella, a beautiful little baby if there ever was one. I might be right in the middle of her baptism as you listen to this podcast. I might be just now taking a bit, talking a bit about the significance of baptism, saying the prescribed words and doing the prescribed things. And during this time of pandemic, things will look a bit different for this baptism than they have for baptisms in the past. Where I'd normally be holding the baby, I'll just let mom or dad continue to do it. Where I'd normally be smiling at the little one and at everyone else who is present, my face will mostly be hidden behind a mask. But we'll still pray the prayers and say the words. 
We'll remember Christ's baptism and thank our Lord for all he has done for us. And we'll offer up this child to a binding and lasting covenant in our Christian faith. Water will be gently poured over her head, and perhaps some will get close to her eyes. Briella's family and friends of her family will be there. I am told Briella will be wearing a gown that was made for her great-grandmother in 1914 and has been worn by many other babies in the family throughout the years to include her grandfather and her mother and her big brother Jack and now her. A beautiful thing, all that family, all that connection. Four generations of children being baptized into the Christian faith in that same special gown. I wouldn't be surprised if a few of her family members get watery eyes, just thinking of it. After the baptism, later in the service, we will all then participate in Holy Communion at First UMC. And since it's the first Sunday of the month, we will also be having Holy Communion at Plains UMC. This sacrament, too, will look and feel different than it has in the past. Gone for now are the days when folks disapprove of and complain because we're kneeling at the rail or not kneeling at the rail, that we're having to walk up in a line to the front or that we're taking too long by staying in the pews or that the cubes of pre-cut bread are too dry or that we're dipping our piece of bread into one shared cup. COVID-19 has swept into our experience now and has changed all of that. Now we have fewer choices to make and less opportunity to fret over them. Now we grab a prepackaged, fully sealed, and wholly sanitary little cup and wafer combo as we walk into the church. Now we stay in our pew, regardless, seated, as the communion liturgy is read. Now we peel the top off our pre-sealed set where we, at the right time, eat the wafer, and drink from the little cup, socially distanced yet together. Perhaps in some ways, some of these things feel silly, are a bit more difficult to manage, feel more like a pantomime, going through of the motions rather than the real thing. Perhaps it is in its way and time as difficult to stay put, so to speak, in our ways of doing things and traditions now as it was to sit cross-legged and moving and shifting water on the bottom of that pool then. Because everything around us is moving and shifting, moving and shifting, a pushing, a pulling, a current of events, changes all around us, expectations coming at us, new procedures and dynamics, different expectations and rules. And we may feel like we are being jerked and jostled, bounced and buoyed, and it may feel all too easy to get caught up in that and feel a kind of social motion sickness from the waves of changes. But instead of focusing on that and dwelling on it, instead of looking at the things we don't recognize and don't like and getting cynical and skeptical, perhaps we can instead sink under the water, remembering our own baptism, and take a moment to open our eyes and to take a look about Take a moment or two to open our waterlogged eyes and look about. Do you know that phrase, looking through rose-colored glasses? The idea that we can somehow view memories or past situations through rosy lenses of sorts as we look back on it. In the case of the rose-colored glasses, we look at our experience through a tint of nostalgia and optimism and longing. 
Or consider this. In our discussions at seminary, the professors and other students like to say things like, let's look at this issue through another lens, or let's study this passage through a different lens for a moment. And they'd name a way they wanted you to think about that particular text. Now, the idea, of course, in both these examples is not that we pick up actual glasses and put them on to look at something, that we find real physical lenses for our real physical eyeballs that help us to see something really and physically and in a different way. There's nothing literal about it. Instead, they are challenges to remember or to think or to feel or to process things we've gone through or are encountering in a different way. It's more about how we experience things than how we actually see them. So what I wanted to ask of you this morning, the the challenge I have for you is this. Blow out some air. It'll help, trust me. And sink to the bottom of your pool. Sink under the waters. The waters of your baptism. Let yourself sink down. Slow fall. Gentle sink and settle. Settle down and sit for a moment or two as you open your eyes and look around. This is just an exercise of the imagination. Don't worry about breathing. You can, you are. So here we are, sitting at the bottom of the refreshing waters of our baptism during a confusing and unexpected season in our lives. You may feel a bit of social motion sickness feeling the tug and pull of the shifting waters. Open your eyes. Take a look around. Things should look differently and feel differently and seem different through your watery vision. Put yourself there in your mind now and notice the God light, the sun's light, how it paints and highlights your experience. You are a Christian. You are a disciple. You are a child of God. And so it paints your experience, highlights your experience, making everything a little more flowing and glowing, faith-filled and softer. This is looking at life through a different lens. This is what I'm asking us to do on this day of baptism and communion in our churches. I'm calling us all to remember our own baptism and not to literally remember it. For many of us can't literally remember our baptisms because many of us were just babes, like Briella is today. But to remember our baptism in the sense that we remember that we were, that we are indeed baptized. Remembering, recalling that we are sealed in a covenant of resurrection with our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. To remember that, And then to open our watery eyes and look at the world and our experience and our relationships and life's challenges through those glasses, those lenses, that vision. And yes, life is life. Something or someone will come along and cannonball into it, disrupt everything and send you scattering. And you can rise to the surface, get a few good breaths and then blow out all that air and sink under and try again Open those watery eyes and look about. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our next hymn for this morning is number 252 in the hymnal, and is entitled, 
when Jesus came to Jordan. When Jesus came to Jordan to be baptized by John, he did not come for pardon, but as the sinless one. He came to share repentance with all who mourn their sins, to speak the vital sentence which good news begins. He came to share temptation, our utmost woe and loss, for us and our salvation to die upon the cross. So when the dove descended on him, the Son of Man, the hidden years had ended and the age of grace began. Come, Holy Spirit, aid us to keep the vows we make. This very day invade us and every bondage break. Come, give our lives direction, the gift we covet most, to share the resurrection that leads to Pentecost. At this point in our podcast, we remember our call to support our churches with our time, our talents, and our treasure. Just as Almighty God gave entirely of God's self for our sakes, we are likewise called to give of ourselves for the sake of others. Let us pray. Loving God, we are inspired time and time again by your glorious love. We're inspired to emulate that love and to share it with others. To that end, we ask that you grow our talents, grant us more time, and increase our offerings. Help us to continue to give faithfully and joyfully as we dedicate our offerings to the work of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray, and all God's children say, Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise Creator Christ and Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, as we have so gathered, not together in body physically, but still together as the body of Christ, let us bend the knees of our hearts and bow our heads before our Creator, Sustainer, and Lord in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. When we call, answer us. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. Come and listen to us. Merciful God, full of grace, hear our prayers of confession and our prayers of need in these next few moments of silence. Holy God, you spoke the world into being, telling a story of life and hope and love. Still you speak, creating with your word, calling forth light from darkness. You fill the earth with your glory, visible to any who look for you. Give us eyes to see. We give you our thanks, for you are faithful. You have promised your presence and your love never fails. Now make us into agents of your grace. Make your presence known to others through our love, our compassion, our helping hands. Speak your creating story through our voices. And where darkness reigns and silence deafens, May your living word shine through. From Ukraine to Sudan, 
in Syria to Korea, from the streets of Nigeria to the streets of Chicago, from the halls of Congress to the halls of our homes, let your voice ring out, telling a story of love so great that death cannot end it, a story of life for all people. We seek you, O God, not just your path, but you. Reveal yourself again in your church and in your world. Show your face and let your voice be heard. Take your church by the hand and lead her along your path, telling us your story again and again until we cannot help but tell it too. It is in you that we live and move and have our being, and so we listen for your heart until ours beats in time with yours. We are your people, Lord, your creation and your beloved. Make us into your body, loving, serving, and caring for the world. We pray all these things in Jesus' name and continue to pray now as he taught us to, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our last hymn this morning I'll sing, and it's entitled Down to the River. I've adjusted some of the lyrics a little bit. As I went down to the river to pray, Studying about that good old way And who shall wear a starry crown Good Lord, show me the way Oh, sisters, let's go down Let's go down, come on down Oh, sisters, let's go down Down to the river to pray as we went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show us the way. Oh, brothers, let's go down, let's go down, won't you come on down? Come on, brothers, let's go down, down to the river to pray. As we went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear a starry crown? Good Lord, show us the way. Oh, fathers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Come on, fathers, let's go down, down to the river to pray. As we went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show us the way. Oh, mothers, let's go down. Come on down, won't you come on down? Come on, mothers, let's go down, down to the river to pray. 
As we went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show us the way. Oh, sinners, let's go down, let's go down, come on down, come on, sinners, let's go down, down to the river to pray. As he went down to the river to pray, teaching us about that good old way and who shall wear the thorny crown good lord show us the way before we take our leave now of one another may we recite the wesleyan covenant prayer together i am no longer my own but yours put me to what you will rank me with whom you will Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. In the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Let us go forth now, loving and serving the Lord and rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. And may God's blessing be upon us and remain with us always. And all God's children say, Amen. Shalom to you now. Shalom, my friends. May God's full mercies bless you, my friends, in all your living and through your loving. Christ be your shalom. Christ be your shalom.